Oh, I'm just kind of grumpy today at work. I'm trying to shake it off. To, at work. <laughs> just at work. <laughs> like I said, I'm trying to shake it off. Come there's at always me. A, there's always a baseline grump, though, right? <laughs> what? There's a, I feel uncomfortable sitting between you two. Yeah. There's a baseline awesome, I believe, is what you meant to say. Yeah, that's, that's what I heard what I was going to say. Okay. Um, can I start now? Yeah, let's okay. do it. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Real Education, The, the musical. musical. That was almost a melody, guys. That almost worked. That was probably the closest we've gotten. Yeah. Probably. So I am one of your hosts, Wendy, joined as always by... Vinny. And Mike. And uh, we are back this week to watch... Um, to celebrate the season, yeah. we're actually going to break into our um, previously recorded schedule. Yeah. Interrupting the normal schedule <laughs> to, uh, to force you to enjoy Christmas. <laughs> Motherfuckers, get merry now. Uh, because two of my, like my right at the top movies that I watch every year, it's you just sort of assume everybody's seen them. These, we, these, two, these two, these <laughs> two. These like, two dum-dums. <laughs> Nope. So um, I'm like, well, then that's what we need to do. So tonight we're going to watch Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. And you two have never seen Holiday Inn. I've never seen no. it. I'm honestly not a big Christmas person. So It's like, okay. So like there's some like, I don't know. There's a few movies I watch every year that like I really like. Like I'll always watch... Um, because it does double duty, of course, um, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Because um, you get both Halloween and Christmas out of that. Um, and there's a few, uh, like, you know, I grew up watching like Christmas Story and stuff. So that still has, like, a, a bit of a soft spot on my But as far as, like, the stuff you're supposed to watch for Christmas, I just don't usually get super into it. So With I'm, the rise of, basically, the Netflix version of the the Hallmark movies, right... You, that's the sort of movie that you would love. Please, like, I feel like if you just went down the Netflix rabbit hole <laughs> of shitty Christmas movies that are also awesome, you would fucking love it. Like, I feel like The Christmas Prince, Mike would be on board for that. That's probably true. I was immediately, when you were like, shitty Netflix movie, I was like, like, Christmas Prince? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't care for The Christmas Prince, but I found a winner last year, The Twelve Dates of Christmas. It's Groundhog Day for Christmas. It's adorable. That sounds terrible. No, it really is good. <laughs> like, I watched a lot of shitty ones and was like, yeah, this is shitty. But I, that one was solid. I do, before uh, you got here tonight, Vinny, we were talking about the, the Kurt Russell. It's uh, great. When, We've already watched it. Yeah. I was about to plug that. Wendy's going to watch it tomorrow. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching it tomorrow. Kurt Russell. It's their, it's their wedding, their 15th wedding anniversary. So they're That's what she said. It stars Kurt it Russell, together. but mostly his beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fuck yeah, it does. It's fuck amazing. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. It, it is a beard. wonderful Yeah, wonderful. our wedding was a Christmas wedding. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's appropriate that we watch a Christmas movie. Yeah. So what are you two getting back to the point, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually. Uh, insert my favorite sound clip right there. I love you, Yule Brenner. Etc. 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 What do you two know about Holiday Inn? Blackface. <laughs> <laughs> because Straight Jenny to brought the point. it. I think Jenny brought it up um, when we talked about this before. She did. I so had actually forgotten about it. Pretty that much the only thing it. that I know about it is that it has blackface in it. 
Okay. Which yeah. obviously has made me super excited for this. <laughs> uh, Aside from blackface, um, all I know is Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire in its mm-hmm. early 40s. Yes. Ish. Yeah. I don't know exactly when, but I know it was, it was 1942. one. 1942. Okay. So is Bing Crosby both of these movies? Yes. Like, okay. Yeah. That's why I was, I knew he was White Christmas, but I wasn't sure if mm-hmm. he was. In when I remember you saying something Halloween. about the song White Christmas being in this movie and. This is the movie that it premiered in. And then, right. And it was such a hit that they made a whole movie. I didn't remember the specifics. Around it. I remember you saying something along those lines. Yes. That's all. That's all I know. Uh-huh. That's all you know. Okay. Yeah. I'm awesome. assuming it's Christmassy. Uh, it's a lot of things. Yeah. It's a lot of things. And I right. ex- I think there's a lot to like about it. It's early 40s. Is it the blackface? Is that what you like no. about it? No. Um, but it's early 40s, so it's still when screwball comedy was a thing. So the witty repartee, I feel like there's a lot of good snappy dialogue in it. Mm-hmm. And Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire are both actually very good at snappy dialogue. Yeah. So oh, there's, sure. there's a lot of fun um, stuff. There's some... You know what? I don't want to talk about that. We're going to talk about it after. Uh, it's a fascinating movie in a lot of ways, um, but it's also full of Irving Berlin music. So it's there. Yeah, there's there's a reason it's still a classic, even with the blackface. So we're going to watch it now. Jingle bells, jingle bells. It's Christmas. Can you tell one of us is super excited? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to get myself psyched. Some years Christmas doesn't hit me literally like till the day before or whatever. I kind of, I want to lean into Christmas this year. I kind of want the vibe. I'm I'm more of a, a humbug usually my, as well. Maybe not as much as Mike seems to be, uh, but I'm definitely feeling more joyful this year. Well, Kurt Russell will do that to you. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not like... I want to get it straight here. I'm not like fuck Christmas or anything. I, mean, I just don't get like super, super. In. You know, there's people that are just like Christmas is a thing that happens, and other people are like Christmas is the best thing ever. And I'm more in the former camp of like, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> fuck Christmas. Well, I like Christmas because it's close to Thanksgiving, and I'm likely to get another turkey dinner. I will say I do like to eat like a motherfucker. So, and Christmas is um, about eating, like Thanksgiving, and then like, like right behind it. Christmas, y'all motherfuckers, st- sit down and eat. Yes, I eat really all I heard you say was "fuck Christmas," though. Fuck Christmas. <laughs> that will forever be my my impression just of gonna you. Just gonna pull that clip out. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, you're gonna have a whole folder full of out of context, Mike. You get to take the penis out. <laughs> <laughs> out of context, Mike is the name of my soul coughing cover band. <laughs> Win. All right, we're gonna watch this movie now. Woohoo! On this day of independence, on this Independence Day, listen to an American troubadour from the USA. Never has there been such a show as this. From Easter to Christmas, from the 4th of July to Thanksgiving, there's a song for every holiday and a holiday for every song. I'm dreaming of a fire. 
thanks to one whose name was Nancy Hanks. Abraham. Abraham. You're easy to dance with. Be careful, it's my heart. It's not my watch you're holding, it's my heart. We're back. We're back. We watched Holiday Inn. Yes, we did. <laughs> we did. Mike mostly just nodded. I. There's a lot of nodding happening, an affirmation that we did in fact watch that movie. Yeah. It's weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not what I like. I didn't know the whole premise of it, and then like, right. it takes yeah same. ten seconds for them to explain what happens, and you go, okay, I get what's going on. Um. Fred Astaire kind of sucks in this movie. Yes. <laughs> it was interesting. Like, not his performance. His performance is great. Yeah. That's what I said. Like, it's, He's kind of a garbage human. He is, but it's like the most animated I've seen him in anything. Like, especially at the beginning. I don't know. Like, mm. Yeah. His yeah. movement and like just his presence on screen. Well, we've seen him now in Broadway Melody, 1940, and uh, Bandwagon. Bandwagon's the other one, yeah. Yeah. I guess it was just, yeah, like the, and like, he's always... the loosest. Like, this one was, like, the most, most like, slapsticky. Yeah. But then he's, he's... Yeah, but then he's a total garbage person. Yeah, he's... There's a lot more comedy in yeah. There was, like, early on... Like, actually, the opening of the movie, um, when he gets out of the cab, and there's the three kids, like, mm-hmm. dancing, and he comes up and dances with them, and then he goes to, like, the Salvation Army guy, and... But he's just doing, like... Physical bits, and it was similar to the is it the Broadway melody? Yeah, mm-hmm. where he's the in the street that, at yeah. the the, the shoe shine. That is that is a bandwagon. Well, that was bandwagon. bandwagon. Yeah, that's right. Okay, but he he has like the little carnival thing going on in the street or whatever, uh-huh. and then he gets the shoe shine. It reminded me a lot of that because he's doing sort of the same kind of moves and like yeah. kind of just silly shit. Yeah, um, but I wasn't ready for him. To be a garbage person in this movie, <laughs> um, where he's just basically every time Bing Crosby uh, gets a new woman, he's like, well, "I'm going to take her away." <laughs> yeah, yeah. One like, and like at first, it you, it feels more. It, I guess like you don't notice it right away. I mean, the first time it's a kind of mutual. I mean, it's still super shitty. Like I'm not. Yeah, except. Okay, so uh, the plot of the movie, real quick, um, it opens with. It opens on What's this New right Year's there? Eve. They dance their way into your heart. Um, <laughs> Christmas Eve. It opens on Christmas, and, <laughs> and the, the Bing Crosby character Jim is engaged to marry. They're about to. They're literally getting married the next day to Lila. They're on a Christmas? trio. They're a trio. It's the day, they're going to. They're dancing on Christmas. It's going to be the day after Christmas. Gotcha. Um, they're a trio. Ted Hanover. Uh, Jim and Lila and Jim and Lila are a couple and they're going to get married 
and they're going to get married and leave show business and go live on a farm. That's what Become Jim really farmers. wants. Uh, he wants the simple life. He wants out of the grind of show business. So, Yeah. I'm just going to say at the beginning, I'm kind of not on his side. Yeah. Because it's like, it's very much, sorry, I'm diverting from no, all of that, but, no. but it's very much like, here's what I want and I'm going to drag you with me. Yeah. And so when a stair comes in, which is what you're about to get to, that a stair comes in and he goes like, hey, no, we're going to go do our own thing and we're going to be great together. You're kind of like, fuck yeah. Like, well, except I, you get a sense real quick that Lila has not been telling Jim that's not what I want. Like, she probably was like, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, it's totally great. No yeah, problems. but then, and then behind Jim's back, Ted's been like, but why don't you want to dance with me? I love you. True. Oh, that sounds good too. I got the same sense that you did, though. Like, at the beginning, where it was kind of like the way that, that yeah. Jim and oh. Ted both explained their sides, like, you're more, like, it, I was more with Ted. It's like, yeah, sure. I mean, like, they're looking for the same things. But I agree that at the same time, well, there's clearly no one like, told so, Jim the truth. So, I've without, watched these relationships. I've seen this movie dozens of well, times. Well, and I was going to say, I, so I have a different perspective. But I'm not saying that that's right. I'm saying that right. after so yeah, many times yeah. watching it, I see different things. But I also think, just as as people go, there are people that are maybe more passive, where you go like, "Yeah, we're going to do this thing," and instead of being like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this thing," they're like. Okay, All right. I guess we're going to do this fucking thing because yeah. I'm a woman in 1942. and <laughs> See, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. That's really the crux of it, isn't yeah. it? And we'll, we'll, we'll unpack we that. Sorry, we can circle back. We're going to circle back. Yeah, we're going to circle back to that. But, uh, but I do. this is definitely a. It's 100% time, a 1942 movie. <laughs> yes. It's a time capsule. In a lot of ways. So That I was not prepared for. Anyways. <laughs> many ways um so i can see it being both i can also see like just fucking communicate with people like that this whole movie is just like if anybody had ever this just movie could not have happened to somebody else for like 30 seconds even bing crosby and fred astaire talking to each other for like 20 seconds and going like i don't like when you do this <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. boom movie over <laughs> knock it off yeah. yeah uh so anyway uh so they're going to go get married, but it turns out that Lila is also in love with Ted and would rather go off with him. And so eventually the news gets broken to the Bing Crosby character in a really shitty way. And he's like, okay, well, guess I'm out, you two fuckers. I'm like, he's suck like, it. I'm going to go have the easy life on a farm. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm just going to go be lazy and you two suckers can just keep working the grind of show business. And then they do a montage, a musical montage. Is there a full version of that lazy song? I don't know. Because it's only a few lines, and I was kind of like, I like this. Because it's just like, lazy. And I was like, yeah, it's my jam. (laughs) So there's this song that he's singing about how lazy he is, but all the visuals are how fucking hard it is to work on a farm. Him in the snow carrying firewood up these stairs, and then he trips at the top of the stairs. and or I mean, steps. It's like three steps up onto Uh a porch. And he trips and falls backwards, and all the firewood goes all over him. Like trying to milk a, like yeah. trying to milk a cow in the middle of winter, and trying to deal with the pigs, and getting up super yeah. early, and just it's a fuck, t- it's a fuck ton of work. Especially because farms are not for being lazy. <laughs> no, like you're um, just gonna find me sitting in the shade. I feel like under even a, big old tree. a city person would have known this, right? You like, think uh, so? <laughs> so cut to 
it's now the following Christmas. One year and later. there's a lot of information you get from pictures of text. That's one of the things I do like about it. They'll show you a letter that's been written. Yes. They'll show yeah, you a yeah. telegram. And I kind of like it because it's a quick way to give you the information without somebody, you know, very contrivedly coming in. Did you hear? Yeah. Like exposition so, machines or, yeah. So there's a, a telegram that is from Jim Bing Crosby to Ted at at where he is dancing and like, hey, I had a great idea when I was in the sanitarium. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you tonight. So, yeah, he rested up between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Do you think that that Ted had any idea he was in a sanitarium prior to that? Or just like, what the fuck? It doesn't... The whole other story. I know, that's that's what I love about it. It's very (laughs) ambiguous, but it gives you everything you need. It gives you... Oh, he was in a sanitarium. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, yeah, so he comes up. He's like, "I have this great idea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn the farm into an inn, and only work on holidays. So I'll work 15 days a year, and then play it lazy the rest." Okay, great idea. Sidebar: I mean, We're gonna go over to the ballet bar, the whatever. Bar. We're gonna take a side note over here. We need a, we need a name for this metaphorical pause. Step over here with me for a second. What? How is? If it was work 365 days a year, how is it not work 350 days a year? Yeah. Is he making so much money off of these floor shows 15 days a year that he doesn't need to actually make money from the farm? We don't think so, especially given the lavish production I, values of what these I mean, shows. Playing fifth, only working, like performing on holidays, like there's still so much work to be done to make that happen on those days. No way he even breaks fucking even on these. Even though it's a novel idea and like I'm sure let's say it's one hundred percent packed in that place all the time. There's no way he even covers his bills. Right? Plus pays for the orchestra and And the the staff and the costumes and the sets and the food. Because they're also serving Yeah, those were like food. lavish events. Like, yeah. it wasn't just like a show. Maybe that's like, why he only eats turkey and peas on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he ate a whole turkey. He had a whole turkey to himself. Like, he wasn't skimping. He never ate that turkey. That's though. true. It really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> what about all those years of performing 365 days? I mean, sure. They would give him the experience. Well, what, you're saying he has a bankroll? Okay, so maybe he's got a bankroll. <laughs> I mean... But then why did he have to work on the farm when he could have literally just been like, y'all motherfuckers, you do the work. Could have hired people. Well, right? Even then, smart. like the farming part, like it's... At first, you're like, he's like, oh, I'm just going to go live on a farm. Like take like the easy life. But it's like, no, he's like apparently the, a one-man operation. Right. Like the whole farm is... Except his, for Mamie. <laughs> except for Mamie. Right. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, you're absolutely right. I have no idea how that would ever be possible. Coming on back... When he finally opens the club, there is that little newspaper notice that says, go to Holiday Inn. Don't ask why. Just go and God bless America. <laughs> so I feel like they're even being like, don't think about it. Shh. Yeah. Even in the movie, like, shh. What did the one above it say? Uh, it was something about you had to be dressed. Um, uh, oh, was it? Yeah, it was like, just dress. Must, uh, must dress. Must dress. Must dress. It was a weird way to phrase. Yeah. I know when they mean like you have to dress. Fancy, like, like, yeah, like suit, black tie required. But it's not like dress required. It's must like dress must dress. Like you can't go with your balls out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nudity, no. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, so, and then Linda Mason, I don't even care about the plot, honest to God. Uh, so Linda Mason I mean, wants to make it big. She she's runs Linda in, Mason. She runs into she the, she runs into the, the, uh, Annie? the, the manager, their manager. And is like, I need a job. He's like, fine. My friend's opening this club. Go audition for him. Leave me alone. He go, yeah. He goes into the flower shop where she works. Yeah. And she's like, basically begs her boss to, to like wait on him. And she does an okay job, but he's still in a hurry. And she's like, oh, but, and I love his response when he realizes. Like, <laughs> yeah. What she's doing. Yeah, she's doing. He goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's so much good. Good wordplay. There's a lot of great like just, side eye and like side like off to the side faces. Yeah, there's and, a lot of shade that gets thrown yeah, around. I don't know his the guy that plays Danny. Um, oh, his name is uh, Walter Abel. He's really good. He doesn't yeah, get he really a lot is. of the spotlight, but he gets little moments like that one to really shine. Where he's just like, huh. well, uh, <laughs> Broadway actor, stage actor. Tons of Broadway mm. work, tons. Never much made it as a leading really player. Oh, but he did. But he did a lot of these kinds of roles, mm-hmm. supporting supporting character work. But you can tell that. I mean, he's just got such great energy on screen. Oh yeah, um, and he's really good with just <laughs> that dialogue. Right. So he's like, yeah, yeah, go try, go audition for Holiday Inn, and uh, go watch the show tonight. It's on me. So she goes to watch the Ted and Lila show where Bing is also still there because he came and told him, like, here's my great idea. Stick around and watch the show. I just so got the, back from the sanitarium, yeah. So the two of them are at a table together. This is how they meet cute. And, of course, there's that awkward thing, and then she doesn't know who he is, and he doesn't know who she is. And they're both like, but they're at the entertainer's table. Right. So, uh, what? Who are you? Yeah, what who do are you? you do? Oh, I have a club. I don't know about Ted and Lila. I mean, it, I don't know if their act would work in a place as big as mine. Well, I feel if you have sufficient personality. And who are you again? Well, Does he sound like, what do you do? And she's just like, pauses. She's like, I'm Linda Mason. Yeah. He's like, oh, Linda Mason. Oh, of course. Oh, okay. Uh, so the two of them play that game out. And so then she goes out the next day to audition. And she's like, wait. It's you, and it's just this farmhouse, and he's still nailing up the sign, and yeah, it's clearly yeah. not a club. And she's like, so you're the guy who wasn't sure if Ted and Lila were good enough for your place? And he's like, oh, honey, that wasn't hey you were slinging either. Right. And so the two of them, la- and then they laugh, and I like that moment together, too, yeah, because too. the way for sure. it builds their relationship immediately that they're able to laugh at themselves and each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is the thing that I always like in movies is when people actually tell jokes and laugh at each other's jokes. Yeah. Because it's not something that happens all the time. And whenever somebody does it like they do in this movie, like you're saying, it builds a really good relationship. But like so many times they're so focused on getting the line out for the audience to laugh that you don't see them laugh at each other. Yeah. And so I love when they give like that kind of touch to it. They don't seem to enjoy it themselves. Even though they should. Right. As people. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, this is one of my favorite moments. I'm a fake and you're a phony. Let's get out of these wet Right, yeah. So, and the two of them have a quiet Christmas together because she misses the train, and that's key to their relationship, too. They start falling in love, obviously. Obvs. Um, because you just put a man and a woman alone in a place. And, and that's all you need. Yep. And then you know what happens? 
butt baby. Stuff. <laughs> uh, butt stuff. You put a thumb in the butt and check that oil and everything's good. I don't even know what all that is about and I don't want to know. Please don't clarify. It's very, it's very surface level. There's I'm, not like a deeper meaning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. That didn't make it better. <laughs> Um, it's a little deeper. <laughs> it's, see, as deep I, as you, it's as deep as you want it to be, I guess. But. I knew he was going to go there. God damn it. Um, so, uh, uh, so oh, cut to cut to so cut to New Year's. They're they've opened the club, and you see another telegram where Lila's like, "Hey, oh, I'm running off to marry a Texan." Bye. Yeah. So Ted gets drunk because he's been jilted. Um, he gets drunk to, and then goes out to the inn where he then drunk dances with a woman who happens to be Linda. And the crowd thinks it's a, it's an act. And they're like, oh, it's his new partner. That was amazing. We love her. So then he wakes up the next morning and he's like, I dance with someone. Well, she must be the only one. I will never dance with anyone but her because he's that again. personality. And the... <laughs> And so the manager's like, you dance with somebody. Down, do, you, this whisper. do you do you remember her? No, I was fucking blotto. Or as as being crossed. Fractured, yeah. <laughs> fractured. Boy, you were fractured. <laughs> I love that line delivery, too. A drink? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, and then I had a drink. A drink? Um, oh, and let's talk about the waiter. He's another great character, too. Um at the club with yeah, his the most ex- side eye. He is the best side eye. Oh, oh where, yeah. When Jim, oh, where he's Jim like, why didn't you? Why didn't or why didn't you stop him? That guy. How can I stop him when I don't know which way is Connecticut? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah. When Danny's talking to him. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh. So Danny, when he came in, only saw the end of them taking. Uh, Fred Astaire upstairs so we only saw the woman that he danced with from the back so they're like oh well we'll just come back for the next holiday and we'll just find her and we'll find her well I'll recognize her if I dance with her well I'll recognize her if I see her from the back so then when they come back it's this great visual stuff of creeping on so women from behind while New also Year's, trying to dance right? mm-hmm. was when they yeah. danced so, then so now they, it's like a month and a half later yeah month and a half later <laughs> For on Lincoln's birthday. <laughs> on Lincoln's birthday. Lincoln's we're going to skip over it. We're going to get right past that. They do a ruse and do not recognize her. Yeah. Uh, Bing Crosby pulls a trick to keep her from being recognizable. So they don't recognize her. They don't find her. So the next holiday is Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. But, two, oh, two days later. Yeah. But two years later. <laughs> he kind of proposes to her on Lincoln's birthday. Yes. Of like it, she's like, I wish I didn't have to leave, and he's like, Well, maybe when wow, we start doing better, make up on her. It's really I, weird. I thought we were skipping this. We, but this is important to the plot, but also it's really weird. Sorry. <laughs> um, while he's putting makeup on her, he he says, Well, maybe when we do better, you could live out here all the time. And she's like, Did you just propose? He's like, Yeah, I kind, I kind of, yeah, I sort did. Of, yeah, yeah. yeah she's like, Well, aren't we gonna like kiss her or something? He's like, Well, wait till you see the bank balance. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a very bizarre. I, I want to put a pin in that because of the emotional damage that represents. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I have some theories about where that emotional damage came from. So let's put a pin in the emotional damage there. So, uh, so now it's Valentine's Day, and he's like, "Here, I made this song just for you." He starts singing the song he wrote just for her. Ted comes in early, recognizes her. They dance together. 
to the song that Bing Crosby wrote for her. That was a moment that I was like, fuck you, Fred yeah, Astaire. that's when you really get the Because it's this whole like song about his insecurities, basically. Be careful. It's my heart. Yeah, yeah and it's Don't all, fucking break my heart. Yeah, yeah, It's all, like, him basically putting all of his insecurities out on the line, and, like, while he's doing it, Fred Astaire's dancing with this woman in the background. I'm just like, oh. And the yeah. song ends, and he's like, oh, she's perfect, she's wonderful, and he's holding her so possessively. Ah, oh, it drives me crazy. It's mm. and and so oh, the, uh, we'll debut the act at Washington's birthday, and and that's like a week, and that'll give us time <laughs> to rehearse. And then every time I kiss her, and then there's the great gag of they're doing a dance, and every time he goes to kiss her, Bing Crosby, who's conducting the orchestra, <laughs> yeah. makes it an upbeat song, and then it just they basically go back and forth tempo. between like a minuet and like a jazz song, and, <laughs> and it's, it's wonderful. It's <laughs> hilarious, and. So then Fred is, so, so he's like, Fred Astaire's like, see, I'm sorry, Linda, I'm so sorry. He was fucking around with us, but now let's go. Let's go off and, you know, get the world together. She's like, well, I can't dance with you if you're not here. I'm, I stay here. This is where I am. Uh, what? Well, I made a promise and also we're engaged. So he goes into Bing Crosby. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were getting married. I am? <laughs> Which, what the shit? So then Fred Astaire's like, well, if he's surprised he's getting married, I do not feel bad about trying to take her away. And yeah, so, all or nothing. so then he's like, I'll just come dance with you here at the end. But then they bring in the Hollywood, Danny gets the Hollywood people who are interested. So now it's 4th of July. And the Hollywood people are going to watch. There's a lot of plot, guys. The Hollywood know, people... There's more than it seems like there really is. I know. Because right? like, it moves quickly like... and it's light, but it's all... It's all this sort of soap opera. It's like kismet yeah. in the sense that it's just kind of like free form, like the way. It, yeah, it just, but it's. Yeah. The, yeah, so he tricks. He tells Gus to go pick Linda up, but not let her get there, so that she's going to miss. Oh, the Gus. Hollywood people are never going to see her. Gus being the taxi driver, and my best friend. And then she gets. She finally gets picked up because then he calls Lila. And is like, come dance for the Hollywood people, because she turns out she didn't marry the Texan. So Lila ends up picking up Linda. Lila's like, oh, I'm going. Millions. <laughs> yeah, that's another good line. Turns out he didn't own millions, he owed millions. <laughs> great line. And the writer on this is a there's a there's some It's good really good. There. The dialogue's great. Yeah. Yeah, she's driving down. And Lila's like, oh, the Hollywood people are gonna come see me. And me and Ted. Oh, and the, the his other partner's going to miss out. Well, she couldn't have been that good. You know what? I know a shortcut. I <laughs> love that. That, that whole that. interaction was great between the two of them. Yeah. So Linda takes over driving, drives Lila into the same lake that Gus had driven like, her into. Literally directly like, next yeah, to the other car. Immediately next, like parked right <laughs> like, next to yeah, the other car. Yeah, it's like parking spot. <laughs> Pops out and is like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go get a car. See ya. Yeah. Um, Wait right here. So she comes fine. to the end, and this is one of the great moments she has as a character. She comes to the end to talk to Jim, and she's like, what the fuck? So you you deliberately did that. Yeah. And I will say he's honest. He's like, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yes. N- knowing that there were Hollywood people here and denying me that opportunity. Denying me even the opportunity to refuse. She even says. I like that yeah. line a lot. I know it's you like the good. next one, but I like where, but, she, I mean, like where she just immediately goes like, you didn't even give me the opportunity to say no. 
you like how little fucking faith do you have in me? And as she says, You person? don't trust me. Yeah, yeah. You don't trust me to make my own choices. You just you just want everything to be the way you want it without even talking to me about it. And so she's righteously pissed, and I'm like, Yes. And the Hollywood people are like, we love this idea. We want to we wanna make a movie about your inn. And he's like, no, it's not for sale. It's, and, and Ted is actually being pretty decent there because he's like, you know, like it's his. And yeah. finally, and Daddy's like, you're being selfish. He's like, fine, take it all. Take Linda, take the inn, take everything, take the songs. Was that enough? Did I do enough? Was I, Or was that selfish too? So he's kind of throwing a little tantrum there. A little tantrumy. I feel anyway. like he, but I but feel like he's he deserves a, little, a tantrum at that. I was going to say. I mean, that's not that's not completely unwarranted. Yeah, at that but point. I mean, he's being a little tantrumy, but at yeah. the same time, he is. You also get where like, he's coming from, at least. Yeah, like I'd be pretty. Everything's I'd been be pretty shitting on too. him the whole yeah. movie, so like. So I Ted and Ted and Linda go off to Hollywood, and they're big movie stars. And then he sees the news that they're getting engaged, and then Mamie, his black house. Keeper, um, <laughs> it's like, yo, Miss Linda loves you. You need to go tell her you love her because you're a shitty fucking communicator. If you actually said that you loved her, and st- and he's like, well, I tried to keep her, and uh, Mamie just like smacks him down. She's like, what kind of what kind of plan was that? It was nothing but tricks and fucking lies. It's like, tell her, yeah, just go say, say what I you love mean. you Use- and I want you to be at the end with me. Use your big boy words. Use your words. Or any words, really. <laughs> any words. Although it turns out he didn't, because if he like all he did was leave his pipe. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. he goes out. Get back. But then he sang with her, and, and that's he all sang it takes with her, and the two of them get back together. And then at the end, Lila comes back in to dance with Ted, and Ted is of course like, "Woo! I don't know if this is a good idea, but what choice do I have?" So he's back. He's back with Lila. So that's the plot. Such as it is. Um, so they make it clear. So coming back to that pin of his emotional damage, mm-hmm. they make it clear in a lot of ways that Lila is super toxic. Like, because she's been playing both of them. Right? Oh, for sure. And she's got to have presence. He's, he makes a line, that girl expects presence even on Father's Day. <laughs> yeah. Um, you better have pre- uh, flowers before every opening, blah 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 blah. Like, and then she 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 dumps Ted to go marry somebody else. So I wonder, like, I'm doing a lot of work for the movie, but it does kind of make sense that he'd be very shitty at opening up and being like, "I love you." Sure. Right. I'm yeah. not, it's not an excuse, but I'm just being, I'm just like, I see somebody who's really emotionally damaged from the fact that he's like, did you want to get married? Cool. You're going to want to look at the bank balance first though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh no. I definitely get that. He's a very meek person that has been taken advantage of a lot. And, um, that, that all checks out. It's just, it, I don't even have as much of a problem with him not communicating with um, Linda as I do with him not talking to Ted. Yeah. Like, like why are like, you not just being like... I think part of it is that... Uh, granted, it's a different time. Male friendships are very different. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Everything's different. <laughs> no, that's the only thing. Something years later, <laughs> to the point where if Vinny does something that pisses me off, I go to Vinny yeah. and I'm like, "Hey, didn't really love that you did this thing. <laughs> Let's talk about it." Um, so it's hard for me to gauge what male friendships were like in that's 1942. Fair. Yeah. But I was um, gonna say a similar thing. I but feel yeah. like but a dude also, who keeps stealing your girl. You would still go like, "What the dude, fuck, man? Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? Right? Like, or at least, dude, still fought back then. <laughs> You'd at least punch him in the mouth, right? <laughs> right. Or his butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different kind of male friendship. Raspberries. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> I had to. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Vinny's the funny, the funny one, guys. He's the I agree. <laughs> oh, I definitely agree. He sits there quiet for half the episode, and then I'm just biting my tongue like that, and yeah. then that shit comes flying out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will say I am annoyed at how and but, and again, it's the way it's written because of the 40s of how passive Linda is. Linda just goes off with Ted. Linda mm-hmm, says sure. yes to marrying him. Linda, for as much as yeah, it was like an initial shock, him, like, "Oh, did you just?" Well, okay, I, I. You didn't give me the chance to say no, so I guess I'm saying yes. Like you could still fucking say no. That is yeah. right. if that isn't what you really want. But I mean, I also get it. There's probably a part of it. It's like, well, this is what I thought I wanted at one point, but I really loved being here with you. And as it turns out, you're kind of a dick. Yeah. So I'm going to go off with this guy and try it out. Of course, her Hollywood success was hollow. She's lost the one man she loved. The usual hoke. Right. <laughs> um, I will say, coming back one more time about the communication thing, is that that's a thing, though, for like... It, it drives me crazy in this movie. It drives me crazy in so many other movies where all it takes is just one person saying, like, this is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like... Laying out like even like when most it's, romantic comedies, like basically, it's a rom- Well, that's what most it is. movies oh, right. for the last fucking seventy something years just like talk to each other. People, if, like <laughs> like romantic comedies would be twenty minutes long if yeah they're like I'm attracted to you. Right, you want to bone down? <laughs> <laughs> the end. Is that Mike? Is that actually how you manage your relationships? Yeah. <laughs> I say, you want to bone down, then we kiss, and then I put a finger in her butt, and... Wicked. Mom, please don't listen to this. <laughs> you, you are suave. AF. BT dubs. Um, it's okay. weird that I'm almost 40 and single, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the the, the big dance number. The, Oh, I was, yeah, like, I was like, which one? I was like, which one? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of there ballads are... for Bing Crosby. Yeah. And we so, can kind of skip over those. Cause... I was going to, uh, before we get into that, I was going to say, I've never, I realized watching this <laughs> that I've n- never actually seen a movie with Bing Crosby in it. I know his voice. Um, I know a lot of his songs. <laughs> you know? I love how you but... said, you're like, he. that could have been him dubbing someone. I wouldn't have known who I honestly, the during, was. at the beginning when, so they have the first number. With um, with him and Fred Astaire, where they're dancing with Lila, or he's singing, Astaire's dancing, and they're having this whole like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you love me with my voice. I'm gonna make you love me with my feet, which is great number. But I was just like, okay, it's Fred Astaire and this other guy. 
<laughs> and then so um, literally, that's Bing Crosby by the process of elimination. <laughs> it kind of came to that, but I was also like, oh, not even that right away. The, not even that right away because I was still kind of like, well, maybe Bing Crosby could come in later. Like I don't know necessarily. I was kind of like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds. We've seen other movies where it was Fred Astaire and some dude. So right, right, right. Um, <laughs> I mean, and I it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't 100% until I started seeing White Christmas that I was like, obviously that's him now. Um, I got it. Cool. We're good. Um, yeah, but you could have told me that they dubbed Bing Crosby's voice into someone else's face because his face does not match his voice at all. He's a very sh- kind of strange looking guy. Not in the same way that Fred Astaire is. Fred Astaire's a real strange looking guy. Yes. <laughs> But he's not like he's not like a like a Sinatra or a Gene Kelly where he's just like oh, he's so gorgeous like kind of person. He's just like he's he's not unattractive. He's he's a guy. But he's yeah yeah. He had a voice. He does have a voice, ears but he can it, fly with and ears that he can fly with. He can fly with. It's also another one of my favorite moments when and an amazing it, toupee. I, I was told. Yeah. Uh, Bing Crosby was bald from a very early age, fully bald, and so he wore toupees. He didn't like wearing them, which is why he liked shooting outdoors where he would have an excuse to wear a hat instead of the toupee. But his toupees, we talked about this while watching yeah, it. Yeah, I would never have known. If Wendy hadn't, like, there's, um, her husband Chris was in here watching it with us too, and Chris and Jenny and Vinny and I were all just like, what when Wendy told us that because his toupees just look. It's like in that scene, it like it shows him from like all angles. Probably like, helps when it's black and white. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Like you can do a lot with makeup that hides things like, more so than yeah, like, like with the like color an HD match camera up in be, your face. Yeah, color match doesn't need to be quite as on point. Right. Yeah, and it's it's, it's a, good. It's a good. Yeah. Um. So the dance numbers. Dance numbers. I'm still boggled. Like. You'd never seen a Bing Crosby movie. <laughs> Did not know what he looked like, apparently. That's I didn't realize that until we started watching the movie that I was like, I have no idea what this man looks like. <laughs> He's also kind of short. He wore lifts. He was very self-conscious about being short. Uh, so there's the opening number. Um, I'll, that I'll, was a great number. I do like that it's one. Very I like the, 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 the point, counterpoint of them and... And the some and, of the physical comedy they do, and him yeah. uh, a stare doing the singing, and then like his voice cracking, yeah. and then he does the whistle stuff. Yeah, when it he did really the when a stare does the whistle, like yeah, uh, like Crosby always did, that cracked me up. So there's that, and then there's the um, you're easy to dance with, which is just Ted and Lila, and then White Christmas, and then we'll we'll start the new year right. And then the dance number where he's drunk. That was a great one, too. That one's really good. And then, of course, the... You have to give your your trivia on that one as well. Yes, I will come back to that. Um, Then the Valentine number. Oh, you missed one. (laughs) (laughs) Lincoln's birthday. (laughs) I did want Abraham. (laughs) Abraham, then Valentine's, then uh, Washington's birthday. Then he sings Easter Parade. Easter Parade, yeah. And then it's 4th of July where um, he sings a song and then Fred does a tap. And then we skip to Thanksgiving where he there's a record playing of your um, I've Got Plenty to Be Thankful For. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite bits is it's playing and it says, I've got plenty to be thankful for. And he is 
listening to it. Bing Crosby is listening to it, but he's really depressed because he's alone and sad. Crying so into he's, his mashed potatoes. So he's just sniping <laughs> at himself singing. Like yeah. He keeps talking to the record like, it's like, I've got eyes to see with. You need glasses. <laughs> yeah. Ears to hear with or fly with. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're kind of flat. Yeah. It's great. It's really good. It is really good. And and those are all the songs. So the trivia about the drunk dance is that Fred Astaire actually took two shots of bourbon before they started filming. And then he would take another shot every time they started a new take. They did seven takes and they used the last one. So he was limber by the time yeah. they filmed that. And I do love the staging of that. There's a lot of great physical comedy there. Even from yeah, from the beginning when like before like when it the when that scene started before you had told us that trivia and he, he you know he stumbles in and has his coat taken. Was it the coat check? Yeah. 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 Has his coat taken but it's, it takes both by accident and then he stumbles back and is like and then I stumbling. need my check. She's like, no, I think you need your coat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it's like the guys are dancing and he's, he thinks someone's trying to shake his hand. It's like, <laughs> there's a lot of great, yeah, great sight, like sight gags and just physical comedy that happens before the actual dance number. Uh, and and uh, he even la- his, his dancing still so good. Yeah. Like where it's still just like, okay, yeah. If you hadn't told me that he had been drinking at that, like, you kind of just go like, oh, no, he's dancing great. And then every now and then he intentionally misses a few steps, which is, of course, what he's doing. But, like, I think having a eight shots in, it it does. When you've practiced something, you're going to be able to do it no matter what. Right. Like, um, I always used to laugh, like... The whole sobriety test where you like have to stand on one foot or, you know, put your head back and touch your nose or like turn like anybody with any sort of body sense, like I can get to a pretty high level of drunk before I'm going to fail at those. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're science any, experiment. Y'all. <laughs> any, any How drunk does what you have to get before she fucks <laughs> that up? Um, so if he had practiced all that, even if he was lit, he's still going to be good. But what it is going to do is just. It is loosen gonna, him up. It yeah. is going to yeah, make him there, a little looser and a little bit more flippity floppity. Yeah, any number of shows when I was in a band where I'd be drinking while playing. It's like, I mean, if you know, if you've practiced any, the song enough, you yeah, you like it just, not it just gets a little do. sloppier. Yeah, it gets, I mean, yeah, it gets a little looser, and you, I mean, but loose, not sloppy, loose, yeah. sloppy, <laughs> May, a little of both. Um, yeah, so that's a fun bit of trivia about that. I I love the idea of. That is great. Drunk that makes that stare. so much better. It does. Um, so apparently, the lazy song. Uh huh. Um, there is a full version of it. Um, recordings were done um, in 1924 by Al Jolson. Ah. Um, and other people I don't know, but it's best known today because Marilyn Monroe performs it in No Business Like Show Business. Ah, I did not. Which know I that. didn't know either. I have not seen that um, one. Now I want to hear that song all the way through because it sounds like my anthem. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it's going to be fairly easy to find. Right. Um, another bit of trivia. They expected Be Careful It's My Heart was going to be the big hit from this. Really? Huh. Yeah. I, I mean, I do like that whole sequence, but it's, it's not the catchiest yeah. song. They yeah. thought that was going to be the big ballad hit. 
White Christmas, Bing Crosby was like, he thought it was kind of a piece of nothing. He was just like, well, yeah, that's not hard. No worries. Yeah. Uh, no, Irving, trust me, I can sing it. It's fine. But also, like, that's sort of the emotional crux of the movie. But yeah. also, 1941. So part of why it hit so big is, um, uh, listeners, uh, Pearl Harbor happened while they were filming. And we'll talk about how that influenced <laughs> one yeah. of the numbers. Pearl Harbor <laughs> happened while they were filming. And then, of course, we immediately went to war and people went. So by the time this came out in 42, people were already getting shipped overseas. So now they're overseas. They're far from home. Got and it. Missing. That makes sense. Yeah. They're missing okay. home, and White Christmas is a very nostalgic, bittersweet song. That okay. That makes so sense. So that's why it ended up being it. It was the perfect song for what people were feeling at the time, and it it was the best selling song ever until Elton John's "Candle in the Wind" tribute to Princess Diana. <laughs> and even now. It's still the second best-selling song ever. Really? Yeah. It's still huh. Candle in the Wind, White Christmas. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, know. listeners, the number... I super love this song, though. <laughs> like, I like it in the context of the movie. Oh, yeah. No. Take it or leave it as a song. You yeah, know? <laughs> I mean, but it was... It, was an, it, it is the emotional heart of the movie, and it was right. kind of the emotional heart of the... Like, that decade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the 4th of July number. You were alive then, right? Shut up. <laughs> Do you remember what it was like? Shut up. I like history. I just read a lot of history, people. Uh, I'm old. I am very old. It is true. Also, I drink a lot of wine. I'm not sure how that's relevant. I'm just stating facts about me now. Um, so we, we're watching the 4th of July number. Bing Crosby comes out in this magnificent suit with a great top okay. hat. All of the costumes in oh. that are, I like, I mean, I knew it was 4th of July, but, like, there's the women in the, like, striped skirt. They have, like, the striped sort of skirt thing, and they have the like blue spangled I'm guessing top. it would be blue spangled I'm top. I'm betting it's it a blue spangled to top and a red and white striped skirt. But I was kind of like, like even though knowing it was all red, white, and blue, I was just like, fuck, I wish this was in color. Right. Because, they're, you know, their costumes were just, like, Except they pop. I'm going to talk about the costumes in a minute, but... Um, because I'm kind of curious if they were actually that color. Because I'll get to that in a second. Um, because it's black and white and you can get away with it being whatever. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> the number starts, Bing Crosby starts singing about, here comes the freedom, man. And then we were... Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah, we were all joking. You about know, it. how the freedom man travels around to every house on the 4th of July. <laughs> and leaves... Leaves fireworks? Is that what we Fireworks said? under the freedom tree? <laughs> under the freedom tree. Leaves French fries under the freedom yeah. tree. Freedom fries. Freedom fries. Oh, I'm going back for that old joke. Uh, so yeah, 2003, he, all over again. He's singing this song, and it's weird and already. It, yeah, and it cuts away. You know, free to be. This yeah, that, that free to be. If all God, all God's people shall be free, and it cuts away to a video montage of. War propaganda. Yeah, the, okay, our military. So here's my question, because I didn't notice what was happening. Do they show... So, it's him singing, and they're playing all of this on the screen. 
Do they show that it's the screen before they just go to that's yeah. the image you're yeah. seeing? Yeah, um, they pull curtains. They do like an establishing shot. There. Okay, because I didn't realize that that was what it was supposed to be <laughs> until the end of all of that when they show the stage again. And so that's when I was like, oh, this has all been part of what he's showing those people. Uh-huh. I thought it was just weird shit they like cut in, <laughs> cut into the movie. <laughs> and that's why I was like freaking the fuck out watching I mean, this. The way they did it was not a whole lot better. But it's not. But like at least they gave some context to the right, setup. Right. So, I was just so taken aback by everything that happened. I missed that. <laughs> so he's literally singing about, you know, free to be. Um, this, free to be that, everybody wants to be free, and what the images are, are like, people with guns, and great big ships, and we're building those ships. Squadrons of bombers flying in. (laughs) It's like, we're gonna go murderize people, because freedom. But, when you know that this is in direct response to Pearl Harbor, and it is a what they were doing was a testament and a reassurance of American military might. Yeah. So it makes sense in that context. And so that's why. Still really grim and like. Yes. Yeah. But that's why I I love this movie. I grew up with this movie. And so, of course, I'm able to look past a lot of the very big problems with it mm-hmm. because There's I grew one or up two. with it. Because I grew up with it. But I also see it as a time capsule movie. And I do strongly feel like this gets shown a lot at holidays, but they censor it now. In particular, one number oh really they cut, cut that out. out they cut it out except for um turner turner movie classics or because they're racist no there's <laughs> i it might not be turner but there's one of the channels that is de- that is devoted to never right never right, editing right, their right. films right. so they won't but um but i disagree with it because when you edit things out, you well, forget how things were. Yeah, I mean... I, like, I don't think showing this movie is we, saying it's okay. I think showing this movie is, holy shit, we thought that was okay. Yeah, we've talked about that before when it's come up another time. Yeah, I mean, I think that you have to... Taking it... Yeah, removing it from the, the film is a disservice. Like, just because it happened then does not mean you have to like justify it now like you have yeah. to you, it should be uncomfortable but it's like a yeah it's a time capsule what did we talk about that with because i definitely remember wendy going like you fucking sit in that oh it was the last time we did talked about blackface during yankee doodle dandy yeah, yeah. yankee doodle dandy <laughs> i had a hard time with that uh and you were basically just like you fucking sit with that shit and yeah. you deal with how shitty we were yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a thing that happened and you have to yeah. you have to accept well, that and when when we pretend it didn't happen then we pretend that racism is solved and racism right. is not fucking solved no. No, no, which we we know that um, for a goddamn fact yeah um so yeah so that's the perfect segue to talk about the abraham number okay and also so, the character of Mamie I and the kids. Kind of want to jump back a scene before the Abraham number. Yeah. Because I didn't get what was going on <laughs> until the end of the um, Lincoln it's, thing. Oh, you sweet summer child. Because, well. <laughs> I love how naive. It's just like, oh, oh, shit, that's what's happening? Well, I didn't get why he was changing it into the blackface thing. Um, I'm mostly just laughing because like you're like, before when we first started, you're like, what do you know about this movie? And you're immediately like, blackface. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got that. Like when he comes, because immediately he goes like, we're but gonna make why, this a blackface. Why number. is he yeah. making it blackface? He's doing it. He's doing it to hide it. it to hide her from because um, he knows that from Fred Ted, Astaire and Ted and Danny Ted are and looking Danny for are her. See it. So he's and so hide I her. didn't, I didn't get that at first, um, but also. 
he comes in and he's like, we're going to make this a blackface number. And she's like, but I was looking forward to being so pretty today. Yeah. And then he's like, okay. And then he just like starts smearing shoe polish on her face. And they come out and they start Abraham, which we'll get to in a second. Um, my only note for this movie that I wrote on my phone is what was this number going to be <laughs> yeah. before it was a blackface number? Yes. There's nothing makes all of the lyrics are very minstrel. Yes. Like the way they sing all of the, 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 the dialogue, false, the false the, dialect. Yeah. Right. Um, Everybody around them is all in blackface. All of the waiters. Yeah, nothing all of the, about all it all works staff. if they're not in blackface. She is... Her costume... Mm, yeah. It's all... So, just at a practical narrative level... But then again, we've already deconstructed like, that there's a lot it's like, of... what is happening in this There's a scene. lot of logic gaps. Just No, everything else checks out. But <laughs> no, I was just like... What were they going to do before What's this? funny is, that has always been my thought, too, is like, what was she going to be wearing before this got <laughs> yeah. sprung on her? I kind of had the same thought during the um, George Washington, the Washington birthday thing, where it was like, they rehearsed this, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> they had a whole number. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Right. But anyway. I, I do like the Washington's number because it does look like they're just fumbling. Right. Even though no, all of that he is plays it off very well. Like, well, both of them do, but it's hard for Fred Astaire to be on screen and not be focused on Fred, Fred Astaire. Astaire. Yeah, um, he does great physical comedy in between the um, like the change up yeah, between the switches, two yeah. things. And, and Bing Crosby just with the shrugs. I don't I know love, how. I love the first time I cut to Bing Crosby. That. It's and he's the just orchestra like, doing it, and not he just has me. this like sh- super exaggerated shrug shoulders. He's like. Mm-hmm. What could be happening? What is this? Um, Anyway, so the Lincoln thing, it's rough. Yeah. It's really, really hard to watch. So uh, they put, so Bing Crosby is in Uncle, full Uncle Tom with the white. White sideburns. The white sideburns and the suit and the. Um, cane, the cane, yeah, like the the whole thing, and then uh, Marjorie Reynolds, who plays Linda Mason. I'm Linda Mason. Uh, <laughs> Marjorie Reynolds is in full pickaninny getup yeah. with um, the hair, the, the the hair braids sticking out everywhere, yeah. and the little girl pinafore thing. And of course, they're doing it all in the. In the blackface dialect, that's the only way I can describe it, is with that false, um, illiterate dialect. And it's like a pigeon type. Yeah. 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 If you've seen any... any if you've seen blackface, you know what we're talking about. If you've seen any type of blackface, yeah, And that. here's what sucks, because all this music was written by Irving Berlin. Irving Berlin was Jewish. Mm-hmm. His original, his birth name is Israel Berlin. Um, and he faced... Anti-Semitism, like his second wife, the um, her father, the the father of his second wife disowned her because she married a Jew, and mm-hmm. so he and people like would trash talk how dare her with him right there, so he faced racism himself and There's... yet still felt really okay with writing this song. I don't, I don't want to get too much into this, but there are. 
sort of tiers of racism. Oh, yeah. yeah. At the time. So, like, yeah, you're discriminated against, but, like, not in the way that these other people are. And, like, you can still well, be, but that's you still exactly, fit into, This like, is how racism black, works. You're, uh, you know, this is a black person, you're a Jewish person, you're an Italian person, you're this, you're that, you're that. And there's definitely a sort of tiered system well, to how, well, I, mean, I mean, it's all how, fucked up. Um, Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I sometimes wonder whether the basic problem of America is race or class and the intersection of They're the two. They're both. Yeah, yeah. Because. One feeds into the other. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, my life is shit, but at least if there's somebody else who's I'm shittier, <laughs> if there's at least one other person that I can be better than. Right. Then. I can feel okay about it. And so it becomes very important that you pass that shit down. Ugh. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that number is really not okay. It's absolutely not. And Definitely that not. got a lot more serious than I really thought it was going <laughs> Well, to. yeah. But you kind of have to. Like, it's really hard to talk about but this. You can't. I mean, yeah, you can't look at that and, and watch it without thinking about right. where it sits in our history and where we are now and how they compare. I mean. Yeah. It's. It just that's what it brings to the front. And like, to say not okay is like if I don't mean it to be dismissive or belittling or making light of it, but like it's so not okay. Like, yeah, dude, yeah. So while um, we're talking about problematic things towards uh, black, yeah, and then there's Mamie, mm. the black housekeeper who lives in. And apparently is relegated to the kitchen and her kids aren't supposed to come out of it. And she has to call everybody Miss and Mister. Her kids are... Adorable. Adorable. Yeah. Especially, what's the boy's name? Vanderbilt. 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 It's a part when they're following up the stairs and she's like, are you supposed to be coming? Or is your name... Take, well, yeah, because he's like, take take Linda upstairs and help her change clothes. Okay, and she starts taking her upstairs. She turns around. The kids are following her. Is your name Miss Linda? <laughs> yeah. No. And when they cut to their faces and they're both just like, <laughs> like big mouth agape. And I was like, these kids are adorable. And it hurt. It like kind of hurts a little bit. That that's like all they get to do is just be that. Yeah. yeah. Um. And of course, oh, they get to do one more thing. Yeah, the very problematic um, baby New Year and, and Father Time. Father Time does not look okay. Yep. But I don't know how much. Uh, but it's also they were the only two kids in the movie too. Yeah. So I don't know how much of it is just like these are the two children we have handy, but also it feels really exploitative too because yeah. it's. They're not just children, they're also black children, and it's... That's on display for everybody else's entertainment, and yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, it's there's, fucked up in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, Mamie is played by Louise Beavers. She, of course, did an, a lot of roles like this, because that's all... Because that's all she could do. That's all she could do. In fact, the studio actually made her gain weight so that she would more <laughs> accurately be the um, mammy type and be able to get these roles. Of course. But, but, she got... One great role in her life, mm-hmm. in imitation of life. Have you guys seen this? It's mm-hmm. a Douglas Sirk movie, mm-hmm. and it's fan. It's guys. It's so good. It's so good. It's so melodramatic. But in it, she the the plot of that movie is that there's a single white woman and a single black woman, and both of them are raising their two daughters as single women. And through circumstance, the two run into each other, become friends. 
and it becomes mutually beneficial for the black woman and her daughter to move in with her. And then what happens is because of race and class is the black woman falls into the habit of just serving her, even though that wasn't really what was happening. Mm -hmm. And so, and then the two daughters grow up and the black daughter is pale enough that she can pass for white and she is turning her back on her mother and there's all this melodrama melodrama but what makes it great is it's a fully realized character it's rich and in fact she it's a dual leading role with her and i think it's Claudette Colbert who's playing the white woman it's an amazing role and she was totally fucking snubbed for an oscar nomination but yeah she did get one great role in her life in that movie and it's if you've never seen it it's so good so Yay, Louise Beavers. I love her face. She's got dimples. She's such a pretty woman. Such pre- Oh, we, I put a pin in the costumes. Because. <laughs> Do you guys understand a little bit of yes. Edith Head now? Because yeah, at yeah. the beginning, I'm like, look, the costumes are by Edith Head. And these two, these two are like, yeah. You can call us okay. It's okay. Bozos. These two fucking dildos. <laughs> these two dildos over here. Edith Head. And I'm like, okay, Edna Mode was based on her. So, um. To go back to your thing, Edith Head is famous for wearing these sunglasses, and she had a very severe. She rarely, you rarely see a picture of her smiling. Very severe face, very much like Edna Mode, very dark and severe haircut, and mm-hmm. these big glasses, and usually these tinted lenses. They weren't actually sunglasses. I was reading about this. They're blue tinted glasses because she would wear them. So that when she looked at what she was making, she had an idea of how it would film in black and white. Oh, that makes sense. Pretty clever. So that she could look at it and be like, these fabrics, this is what they will actually look like. Yeah, she looks exactly like Edna Mode. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Edna Mode looks exactly like her. (laughs) She is amazing. Okay. She is amazing. She did the costumes for Roman Holiday, All About Eve, The Sting. 35 Oscar nominations, 8 wins. She is wow. tied with Alan Menken for the most Oscar wins. Be- because the bitch could just make some goddamn gowns. Right. Oh, and I mean, and she dresses she the men could. well, too. Because all of the men look good, yeah. too. Um, like, let's consider Bing's sharp suit with that great velvet top hat. And then you have Lila's thing with the black pointing at her titties. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, she also... She was um, she was very politic. She was um, like you can just tell she seems very no nonsense. I really wish I could meet her. Like again, if I had a time machine, I would love to go back and like go visit Ed, Ed, Edith Head's like uh, seamstress shop. I think that would be amazing. She was very politic about. Um, it wasn't until later in life that she started to be a little bit more honest about working with people because she was always like, no, I love working with everyone. Mm -hmm. Later in life, she's like, yeah, not so much these people. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Um, uh, Let's see. hate, though. That's all I want. She loved Grace Kelly. They were very good friends. She thought Grace Kelly was a truly charming and beautiful woman. Because it's Princess Grace, and she's the best. And also, she... Like she looked good in everything. She could. Yeah, oh, absolutely. She, not, she didn't just wear a gown. Like, damn. Um, well, we watched. Uh, um, we did uh, for the movie marathon. We do a movie marathon at Vinny's once a month, and we um, Jenny picked a couple months ago, and for a, a Hitchcock marathon, and we watched Rear Window, 
Uh-huh. And yeah, that's we really just Princess Grace and just gown after yeah. gown. That might oh, be more Edith head. Gown. And she's just... I there's like mean, the one that she's I wearing where she's kind of just like lounged out on this chaise. Oh, and yeah. it's just like flowing yeah. everywhere. And you're just like, oh, there's nothing that doesn't look amazing on you, right? Um, <laughs> she she did the costumes for Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid and was quoted with, I guess I've come full circle when I designed the exact dress for Steve Martin that I did for Barbara Stanwyck. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was a rumor that Mae West was a man. I've seen Mae West without a stitch and she's all woman. No hermaphrodite could have bosoms, well, like two large melons. <laughs> <laughs> she, where were some of the other shades she always threw? Uh, she didn't like working for Cecil B. DeMille. I always had to do what that conceited old goat wanted, whether it was correct or not. <laughs> so I wonder with all of her nominations and stuff, is it just because she closed everybody, though? Like, was it one of those... I mean, she's amazing, don't get me wrong, but it was, was she doing so, like, oh, a hand in so like, many things that, like... You couldn't help she, the nominator? Exactly. Well, she did She did lose a couple of times where she was just like, what? <laughs> How dare you? What? But it's kind of like she's involved in so many things that, of course, she's going to get nominated just because she's... Well, I mean, it's a numbers all game. The, when you see, some, when you see a, an Edith Head sketch, it probably was not sketched by her because she did not have time to do her own sketches. Right, yeah. Um... You can lead a horse to water, and you can even make it drink, but you can't make actresses wear what they don't want to wear. <laughs> she was amazing. If it's a Paramount film, I probably designed it. I've designed films I've There's never seen. Yeah. I have yet to see one completely unspoiled star, except for Lassie. <laughs> um, so she was, she was incredibly good at the psychology of dressing people because she knew how to make people look good. Mm-hmm. And but she also could tell what they liked about themselves, and she she would design towards how they wanted to look as mm-hmm. well. She was amazing, and those gowns and like like when I see Edith head pop up, I'm like, I'm going to see one stellar gown guaranteed. Yeah. There's going to be something there was amazing. Much more than one. oh, yeah. quite a few on this. One. But it, it's also knowing that she was so good about this is going to film in black and white. There's no guarantee that those are actually red, white, and blue outfits. Right. Right. I mean, they probably were, but... But also, yeah. form. why the fuck... Who cares? But yeah, yeah like, like <laughs> you don't actually need to make it a beautiful blue. It's not. It's going to be filmed in black and white. Yeah. Um, there's also that one we talked about, like, during the movie that's... Is it Linda that wears it? That has the real deep V? Yeah. yeah. And has... And like it's, like, all them. kind of sparkly, and, like this, and then it has the weird, like... Just this one trim of sparkle that just kind of cuts across. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's really good. There's... I think it's the opening dress, maybe, that Lila wears. With the netting kind of tucked in? Nope. Not that one. But that one's good, too. Um, there's a real sparkly one, kind of early on. Yeah, yeah. Her, well, her New Year's Eve dress was. Is That's what it is. It's a New Year's Eve one. one. Yeah, the, yeah, with that the V really and the good. thing, and it's so bright. Oh, not that one. That's there a, on stage. Huh? Her and Fred Astaire dancing. Oh, together. yeah, the second number. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one too. That's a really so good sparkly. One. She was good at sparkles. I mean, I feel like that's what you kind of. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sparkles and color look amazing, too. But in black and white, if you really want to stand really out, help. I mean, yeah. Okay. Here's right. a bit of trivia I found out that I thought was amazing. The dude who wrote this, his name is Claude Binion. He actually wrote for Variety. Um, 
and then eventually kind of wandered into Hollywood and did a lot of the screwball comedies because he was really good at that uh, goofy dialogue and quick quick repartee. He, he one of the thing one of the things he's famous for is. Do you remember in Yankee Doodle Dandy when he was on his farm in his hammock and the kids were laughing about that weird headline? Sticks, nicks, hick, picks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a real headline that this guy wrote. Really? <laughs> Claude, Bin- Claude Binion wrote that headline. Because he was writing a story about how people who live in the country don't fucking want to watch movies about people who live in the country. Right. Because they never get it right. <laughs> Sticks, nicks, hick, picks. <laughs> so I just thought I was like, oh shit, look at that. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Marjorie, Ren- the thing that's funny about this movie is that Bing Crosby, Fred Astaire, yes. And everybody else in the movie, this is the movie that they're best known for. Marjorie Reynolds, who's Linda Mason, this is the biggest role mm-hmm. she ever got. Lila, biggest role she ever got. Danny, one of his most recognizable roles. What about Gus, though? Gus? <laughs> He's another character actor that you'll see. Like, that face you'll recognize in a well, lot of places. Gus is my favorite character in this. He's amazing. He's hilarious. If we clarify, Gus is the taxi driver, and when he first shows up, he's driving a horse-drawn taxi. Yes. Like a, a sleigh, a horse-drawn sleigh. And then you see him bringing Bing Crosby in, and he's driving the car real shitty. And because uh, it's not a horse, because it's not, not a horse. horse. I'm used to know. I'm used to something that knows where it's going. And then he does the whole thing we already talked about with um, um, with Linda, where he's like, "Can you pick her up and make sure she doesn't get here?" And he's like, "I think so." <laughs> and then uh, I know I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, yeah. He's like, "Can you make sure she doesn't make it?" And he's like, "I wouldn't be surprised." <laughs> and then he drives her into the water and then he's going to carry her i like this bit a lot when they get out he gets out of the car and he's trying to figure out what's wrong she's like well take me back to the road and he carries her and starts going the wrong like deeper (laughs) into the water and she's like no back towards the road and then of course they fall into the water and um the whole movie i just kept waiting for him to come back though yeah Like, like the last scene when it's um yeah, Michael is, is you, you grab onto some random character and you're just like, <laughs> I want a movie about that guy. I do. Because like they come back at the end, and all I really wanted when um because it's um Bing Crosby and and Linda and then Fred Astaire and Lila. And Lila kind of gets pushed out at the end, like, oh now you have a woman too. I was like, oh God, I hope Gus comes up and he's got like 30 women with him and he's riding that horse <laughs> back in. <laughs> That would have been the best ending to any movie ever. How about this? I've got to, I'm going to pitch you a movie. It's all about Danny traveling around looking for Axe, and Gus is his valet. Yep. Fuck yeah. Sold. I'm 100% on board for that. Right? That'd be a thing. Let's make that movie right now. Right now. We'll just, it'll be perfect. It'll be perfect. Um, I they, do love character actors, though. That's like my big... like. Yeah. Well, of course. They're character actors. They're great. They, yeah. they add flavor. Um, they, there was going to be a Labor Day number in the script. Just FYI. What what would you do for that? Um, uh, like <laughs> some sort of America guys. is great number. Like we're all doing good. Yay for jobs. Maybe. I mean, it, it's like the 1940s, so it's... We're for WPA. <laughs> like, yeah, we're like we're coming out of the WPA. Like, Tennessee Valley, what, what? <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> I don't... 
I don't know. Um, so, listeners, we are going to watch White Christmas because these two goofballs have not seen that either. Yep. So here's a piece of trivia. They literally reused the same set. Like the the inn? The inn. You will see that exact same set in White they Christmas. They already reused it once in the same movie. It was so fucking meta, too. Is, I uh, love that. What is Gus in White Christmas? No. Well, I'm sorry. Well, this is bullshit. I'm not coming back for that. <laughs> um, but you know who is in it? Vera Ellen. Oh. Okay. Do you remember where she's from? She's Miss Turnstiles in On yes. the Town. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah that's what what, okay, that's what I thought. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was On the Town or... Um, the bad one. The other on the town. <laughs> the, oh, it's always fair weather. It's always fair weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I get a lot of the people in those two mixed up because... It, well, it's a sequel. Yeah. Mm, sort of. Quote, quote. The Miss Turnstiles. Miss Turnstiles. Okay, guys. So, what was your favorite number? Because we've been talking a lot. There was a lot to yeah, unpack in this there was light. The plot took a lot longer. Yeah, sorry about that. No, I mean, <laughs> no, it's fine. I also thought we were going to fly right through it, and then we got into it. And I was like, oh no, there's a lot that actually happened. There's happens. a lot to unpack there. Um, I don't know. Go, Vinny. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think I liked both the opening number, uh, just for the 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 playfulness between the two of them, mm-hmm. and. A stairs drunken number. What about the fireworks number? That's a famous That's chat number. To, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Mike was like, "That was silly." It really it is. It's it works weird. because it's because it is just so like transparent and like what it's doing, you know. But um, no, I mean, I, th- I think I like. I just like, like I said before, I like how how like how much slapstick. Astaire had in this one compared to what else I've seen of him. Oh, and the uh, Washington's birthday. Yeah. There's so just, a, he does a lot he does of a goofy, lot, and he does just, a lot of goofy stuff. I think the first one, the f- opening number, is what stuck with me the most. I think because I wasn't expecting him to be as loose and kind of like slapstick, you know, slapstick like that. So I think that would, I think that was my favorite. Mine, Abraham. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no. <laughs> I had a moment to pause. I'm like, what? Uh-oh. No, uh, <laughs> I think I you mentioned it. I uh, I think I have to go with the George Washington's birthday number. <laughs> yeah, it's um, just because it's it's silly and it's kind of what I was expecting from this movie. Is just like I wasn't expecting all of the other things like shitty dudes being shitty, and um, I was I was expecting the blackface, but like not a lot of the other racial stuff that happens, and not a lot of there's war stuff and like there's so much going on that I just did not think was going to come out of what I thought was going to be this light fluff Christmas movie and so I'm going to go and here's the thing I watch it at Christmas to be happy and get me in the holiday spirit (laughs) it's not even really a Christmas movie (laughs) yeah Um, it begins and ends at Christmas that's about it right like yeah but it's it's still recognized as a holiday classic so Um, you know, because what I love is questionable gender politics, terrible racial racial stereotypes, and jingoistic militaristic <laughs> right. points. Right? Yeah, exactly. That really makes that really, me so. That's so that's Christmas why, for and me, that's for why sure. this is hard to pick. Like, because f- Christmas is about tradition. That's <laughs> why so it's hard for me to pick a favorite, and so I have to go with something light. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it has to be that or that opening number that I do love. And I like that they come back to it at the end. Yeah. I think it's really cute. Kind of updated that they're like, it, yeah. "Oh, you beat me," and like. 
over my scarred body. Yeah. I like that line a lot, yeah. actually. Yeah. I like I like Fred Astaire being very conciliatory because he's a piece of well, shit for 90% the, of the He does movie. have flashes of, like, oh, maybe... Uh, oh, maybe I'm trash. Like, uh, uh, well, mm, oh, well. Oh, but I'm still going to fuck her anyway, so, you know. Um, uh, he gets... He gets all stopped over by I'm going to Lila kiss her cheek. cheek because that's the best we do. In- yeah, right? right. <laughs> like, there's not even one solid kiss in this whole movie. Right, yeah. That's how you get fucked up sexual stereotypes, too. Because, <laughs> seriously, just a finger up the butt, that's all it needs, right? <laughs> all it takes, you guys. If there's one thing I want anybody that listens to this podcast to take away... I it's just d- a finger up the butt. I don't think that's just actually that good oil. advice. I don't think that's actually good advice. I'm going to go Solid for the drunk advice. dance because it's good. It's what it's because it's one of my favorites. It's yeah. just, I love I love how it starts with the weird shaking mm-hmm. where he's trying to shake the guy's hand up. And the weird make me coat moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I'm always just like I'm on board for this. <laughs> Yay! So um, that was a Holiday, Holiday Inn. That was Holiday Inn. And I. It's still going to always be one of my holiday traditions, but it's very okay that it's not yours. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, it, I don't think it will be added to my list of must-see every year movies to watch. <laughs> but I don't know that I would I, – I don't th- – I would say watch it. No, there's so much – it's just – there's yeah. so much good physical comedy, great dance numbers, and really fun dialogue. Really good character-driven is, yeah. dialogue. Like, that's the thing, is the dialogue is coming from these characters just being snappy. Um, and Linda gets a lot of zingers in. Mm-hmm. And so does so does Mamie, even, which is like, she is talking truth to, to Bing Crosby of like, you have been a dumbass. Quit being a dumbass. So there's a, there's a lot to like about it. And I also just recommend it of... It's a time capsule that you should watch it's a because piece of history. you yeah. really need to understand where we came from. This yeah. was this was 1941, right here. So um, take your medicine. It's like vitamins. No, it's like vitamins. It's good for you. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, I have been one of your hosts, Wendy, joined as always by Vinny and Mike, and we will talk to you next week. Our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a real education. Moment of silence for fucker. God damn it. For fucker? For fucker's fuckery sake. I thought you'd say something about butts. <laughs> butt stuff. There it is. What? <laughs> <laughs> butt stuff. Butts. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> They'll save every one of us. <laughs> Apparently. I, I'm learning so much hanging out with you guys. I really like, want to make you a t-shirt that says that. What's that? The butts will save every one of us? Yeah. Or just butt stuff. I would love it if you just had a t-shirt that said butt stuff. That would... I would love that too. I could make that happen. <laughs> Please do. <laughs>